On this week's episode, we welcome Leonard Snipes. is on my mind. Some people say they have Georgia on their mind, but I have fentanyl on my mind. You've spent so many years and decades in law enforcement, but fentanyl is the number one cause of death in the United States for ages between 18 and 49. Give us a trajectory of fentanyl before I introduce my very distinguished guest who will join us for this broadcast as we talk about fentanyl and sexual human trafficking. Uh, Leonard Snipes. The Washington Post declared that it's the uh, the most powerful cause or the primary cause of drugs um, of deaths uh, in terms of certain age groups. We know that fentanyl is now being mixed with every possible conceivable drug uh, in the United States. So regardless of whether you're doing cocaine, regardless of whether you're doing heroin, or for that matter, any other drug, um, it's often interlaced or mixed in with um, fentanyl, and fentanyl is causing about 81,000 deaths uh, in a year. So, you know, and that's not even talking about the hospitalizations, that's not talking about the tragedy that's going on in terms of individuals or their families or their communities. Uh, Fentanyl is just taking a huge toll on the United States, and it's extremely unfortunate. So what is Operation Blue Lotus uh, Four Horsemen? Explain that to us. I'm not familiar with that. Um, uh, you know, well, Armstrong it's the operation Europe. where they found 10,000 pounds of fentanyl coming from Arizona through Southern California out of Mexico, and they decided that's the name of the operation they gave it. Yeah, and, and so there are operations all throughout the country. They're, they're, they're intercepting thousands of pounds of fentanyl uh, all throughout the United States. I mean, it's coming in unabated. Um, especially for that 18 to 49 age group per the Washington Post in terms of it being the, the most potent source of, um, of drug overdose death or deaths across the board. So, you know, the, the DEA, uh, the Border Patrol, uh, state police agencies, local law enforcement agencies, they're collecting tons of this stuff uh, over the course of time. And it's getting, um, it's infiltrating every aspect of drug use in the United States. And like I said, 81,000 um, in one year death, uh, it's just permeating the entire country. Now, let me, let me correct you. In 2022, it was 109,000. Um, that number has substantially increased. Also joining us is Jason Rance, host of the Jason Rance Show, and our very own Como News anchor, Preston Phillips. So uh, wh- how do we get here with fentanyl? It seems as though it's a love drug. It gives kids an escape. It makes them feel good. They escape pain. They think it's a painkiller, and somehow or another they're going to feel good, but they don't. It, it never happens. Obviously... When you think about it, it's the number one cause of death between ages 18 to 49, Jason Rance. This is an epidemic. It is an epidemic, and we got here because of lax drug policies. At the end of the day, when we tell people that we're not going to prosecute for drug crimes, which in Seattle and King County, for example, that's what we've done. We've done that all across the country. We are then inviting drug dealers into our communities. They're flooding the streets with this product that is incredibly cheap. We're talking about dollar to three dollars per pill in most of the United States. We have a porous border that's making it a heck of a lot easier to get into this country. And all of a sudden, you find yourself in the position that we all are now in nationwide. Are, are we handicapped 
Is there nothing we can do? There's a lot we can do. We can actually enforce the law. But unfortunately, there are a lot of, right now, radical lawmakers who are in positions of power who are saying we're not actually going to enforce the law. We're not going to prosecute. We're not going to put addicts in jail, even when they're breaking the law. And ironically, they're still choosing not to put enough funding into actual detox and drug treatment. Preston, it has to be a little more complicated. To me, fentanyl is really easy. It's easy to sell, it's easy to make money off of, and it's highly addictive. Cartels see Seattle, places like this, as an absolute opportunity, and they know they're gonna get away with selling it here and getting our streets doped up. The problem is, is it runs pretty much unfettered on the streets, and now you mix it with Trank, you've got people with open wounds on their legs that can't get the right treatment, that are living on the streets, and I don't think fentanyl's a difficult drug. I think the people bringing it in to Seattle, Portland, uh, the West Coast cities, they're infiltrating these areas and knowing that they can easily sell this drug, they can get people addicted, they can mix it into pain pills, they don't know how much it is, and so the people are dying off and they're probably sitting there going, well, look at what we're doing because no one's stopping the fentanyl from coming in. The streets here in Seattle, when you look at the streets here and you walk down, say for instance, you've never been here before, and you see people hunched over, whether they're on Trank, mixed in with fentanyl or whatever it may be, it almost looks like we're in a zombie apocalypse. It's, it's horrifying to see people that are human beings, to see people that are Americans, people living on our streets in a very wealthy area being addicted to a drug that is so cheap to be on. And then they can't get off of it, much like heroin. How is it impacting our healthcare system? Well, it's impacting our healthcare system because we have a lot more addicts to deal with oh, now. Yeah. And at, at the end of the day, as much as we talk about putting funding into treatment of drugs, because we're not actually going after it in an aggressive way, we're basically creating a backlog of addicts that we're going to have to treat. And of course, it's not just about the addiction. It's about everything that comes along with the addiction. And due to the fact that this is, in fact, driving a lot of the homelessness, especially on the West Coast, well, they're already susceptible to other diseases, they're already susceptible to other issues that they're going to have to be treated for, and the addiction oftentimes makes it worse. Leonard, what measures are being taken to curb and fight this fentanyl crisis? Armstrong, it's going to be the same measures that we've been taking against heroin. It's the same measures we've been taking care of, um, taking care of with cocaine. I mean, we are overwhelmed. The law enforcement system in the United States is simply overwhelmed by the import of drugs. Uh, the drugs are being homegrown. The drugs, uh, I mean, look how many uh, of, of, of uh, drugs are being created in individual homes. I mean, you know, this is overwhelming. It's, it's, it's simply something that we've been wrestling with for the last 30, 40, 50 years in terms of all sorts of drugs. Uh, we just keep up increasing the potency of these drugs and more people become addicted. Uh, but fentanyl is a true killer. Uh, it, it goes way beyond that. So again, law enforcement is doing the very best they can. Um, DEA, the Border Patrol, I think everybody is doing the very best that they can. They're uncovering a lot of fentanyl coming into the United States, but I'm not quite sure that it is substantially different from our track record in the past decades in terms of other sorts of drugs coming into the United States or drugs created in, in you know, bathrooms of, of homes all over the United States. Uh, we have an addiction problem in this country. We don't have the drug treatment. Um, and as one of your um, um, commentators said, you know, we have prosecutors that are basically saying we're not going to prosecute for drugs. 
Um, you know, drugs are a public health problem. They shouldn't be dealt with from a criminal justice perspective. But in the meantime, tens of thousands of people are dying on a daily, on a yearly basis. Uh, and it's devastating communities throughout the country. You know, some people may see the misplaced um, guidance of law enforcement not wanting to prosecute this drug of choice. But if you're not going to prosecute the drug of choice, what alternatives do you have left to slow it down? Because you're not going to ever stop it. But how can you at least get it somewhat manageable? I think that's the million dollar question. And how do you do it, especially when you're talking about the large majority of people who have that addiction problem are people that are living on the streets. A lot of people get it mixed up about what's really going on here in Seattle, that there is, is a massive homeless crisis. But when you break it down and you speak with these people who are homeless, many of them, most of them are addicted to hardcore drugs and they can't get off the drugs. So when it comes down to it, the people who are having the biggest issues here are the ones that don't necessarily want to receive the treatment. They enjoy that lifestyle. So how do you get the people that are on the streets off of the drugs? There have to be some kind of treatment plan. There has to be some kind of person saying, you know what, this is not going to be allowed on the streets anymore. We cannot do this anymore. Our city is dying. You walk down the street and you can't even get past a store downtown without seeing someone smoking it with foil in front of business. It's been going on forever. You know, it's, it's outrageous when you think about it, when you really think about it. But the only way to stop it is to make it illegal so you can't do it. So therefore, you can take those people off the street. You don't have to put them in prison for the rest of their lives, but you get them to a program to where there's some way to get them off of this stuff that I, I promise you, deep down inside, these people want off this stuff. They don't have the pathway to get off because they don't have what it takes inside of them to stop doing it. There has to be drive. There has to be someone that cares about them. There has to be a way for them to get off of this stuff and a reason for them. A lot of these people have no reason to live. They don't even want to be out there. They, they, they've, they've lost whatever it is. They've gotten addicted to something, hooked on something that makes them feel good, and they need that high every so often to keep it going. And then they end up looking like they do with no teeth, scabs on their legs. What, what do you do after that? And where do you go? You're going to get a job somewhere. Well, this, when you listen to this, because, you know, this is not unique... To Seattle. It's not. If it's here, it's in New York, it's in Washington, D.C., right. it's in yeah, Los it's Angeles. All right. it's, all, it's all over the place. But don't legislators and law enforcement see where this is going if you don't at least try to stop and bring this to a halt? Law enforcement officers see what's going on. Yes. And they're in positions where they're so frustrated that they're not actually able to do their jobs. What we have with lawmakers, so many of them are blinded by their ideology. They've decided to take an approach called harm reduction. That's the strategy that's being used in mostly liberal cities. And what that means is, rather than push people into detox, rather than use the criminal justice system at all, we're going to make it easier and safer to continue your addiction until you're ready for that detox. The problem is, they're not going to be ready if you're giving them needles, if you're giving them smoking kits, if you're giving snorting them straws. Uh, snorting straws. I mean, it is absolutely ridiculous. They're 100%. And if you're right. not going to... That's what's hit, happening? Yeah. It's like giving a smoker a free car and a cigarettes. What do you think they're going to do? Go, nah, I'm done smoking. I'm not going to smoke they anymore. They want more. They yeah. want more. And oh, they're and making it worse, we're paying for it. And, right. Taxpayer Taxpayers, dollars are right. going into creating these the, programs no, no, that handle it they're paying out. for the destruction of their communities.
listening to this week's episode.